Dear Sustainable Futures enthusiasts, my name is Alexandra Kutsukos and this is Sustainable Futures, the podcast, a live work platform to string conversations at the crossover between sustainability, design and personal experiences. Done with heart by live workers for live workers. As designers, we advocate for human centricity and bring it at the heart of our practice. But in this age, it's paramount we look well beyond the human lens. In this episode, Annie Maxton and I will be sharing our reflections on human centricity in design. Hi, Annie. Thank you for joining us in this uh, episode of Sustainable Futures, the podcast. Annie is our uh, service designer from the London office. And uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you to introduce yourself a little bit. Yeah, sure. So as Alex said, I'm a service designer in the London office. Um, I've got a background in service design, user research. Uh, I've worked at a range of different consultancies, all of those types of things. But yeah, that's me. Super nice. And uh, the type of conversations that we've been having, um, well, initially at the beginning of summer, but it kind of like <laughs> became winter all of a sudden. Uh, before we could record it, we're around, yeah, this uh, kind of like dilemma that as designers we're facing of uh, human centricity. You know, we've been advocating um, for the human perspective in our projects and in our philosophy. And uh, since quite some time, I started to have very big issues with that, you know, like, um, yeah. <laughs> since since the, the the term Anthropocene came to the surface, uh, this idea that we as humans have impacted Earth so much that it became like literally a geological era, uh, that was quite intense uh, to hear. <laughs> and yeah, the fact that we as designer keep on creating new needs and uh, looking to put the people, the human needs and people in the center kind of like got us to the point where uh, we're destroying everything else around us. So yeah, <laughs> I, I've been yeah starting to advocate against human centricity. Uh, and then I wonder if that's also a reasonable thing to do. So I was wondering, you know, how, how do you think this new situation that we found ourselves in marry with our role as designers? I mean, it, it, it's, it's, such a conflicting point of view right and even from from the start when we talk about i mean you go all the way back to your design studies right and it's it's like human centrist it's, it's all human centered it's it's all about ergonomic i studied physical product design so it's all about ergonomics how something fits in someone's hand how they use it, and it it's all about that human thing and i remember even then and it's way too long ago now which is embarrassing being like well this is like a weird juxtaposition of you know like sustainable design had its own thing that sat over in the corner and was like an optional module that you took and I remember thinking well hang on a minute like surely this is all connected and like I I guess it's always been a weird elephant in the room for me especially as you know I've worked at different organizations where they go you know we're we're improving the lives of people all around the world and it's like but how can you look at that without also looking at the other things that you're impacting and some of those other consequences that your design is having 
and I guess it's really easy to look at it just from that silo of like just what let's just solve this set of human needs and then we've done some good for the world and that's great that's cool yeah yeah you've solved some things but you can't ignore how it's impacting other stuff as well yeah <laughs> you know we've been talking about uh system thinking and systems design yeah because indeed like the type of view that we've had so far is this very narrow tunnel vision of you know yeah. humans are on the top of the pyramid and whatever like and the uh, yeah, resources exactly. that we can use are infinite and uh whatever we're gonna yeah. do it's not gonna impact the earth and uh the living beings around us and thinking that yeah that is not gonna ultimately impact our us as well it's yeah i think it's a thought that is uh son of another era of uh linearity extractivism uh, now we really do see that all things are connected you know like we're really leaving the impact of it uh, on our skin or starting to see it something that i find interesting is this idea of like not putting people at the top of the uh, of the hierarchical uh, of the yeah, hierarchy yeah. of the ecosystem but making it part of the ecosystem like considering um humans just as equally important if you want to use that phrase um to the rest of you know uh living and non-living beings i was going to say there's a really lovely example i found recently which you might have also seen of like in new zealand they've given certain exactly. rivers i can't remember the names of the rivers but they, but even i mean it's a great idea but even the fact that they call it um personhood status yeah and so then it's like you have to represent that river as yeah. like another stakeholder or you have like exactly. the voice of the earth that sits on like boards of companies or whatever organizations it is i mean even yeah. the fact they call it personhood is it, kind of weird but i think it's still like an it's like well we need to to like leverage these things up to the same status as us rather than yeah. balancing it out if you know what i mean but like even just I feel like there's so many little spins on things that you can make mm -mm. to start realigning people's mindset and, and shifting that a little bit around like, okay, what are the, the really important things here we need to consider? Yeah, what is really interesting is um, to keep into account this more systemic perception of what are the unintended consequences of putting the human in the middle. Yeah. Um, so I was wondering if you ever had some experience in in projects uh, where you encountered or like where you had to apply this logic i think before we go into the example i think one thing that has always really struck me and i think has maybe been a challenge that i've had and i'm sure other people have had is like especially when you work kind of agency side you get a very discrete scope of work when you go and mm. work with a client it's like here's your very sometimes not so clear but mainly here's a very clear kind of boundary of like your scope for change and, and investigation and i think that can often be a barrier to being able mm. to look at that broader picture and being able to look at some of those unintended consequences because then you could go off on all kinds of different tangents right that could be uh, a risk with looking at a project in that way but i guess for me there was a i think maybe a defining moment not to sound too dramatic where like i was on i was working with this client and 
I had this moment where I realized we, we were designing a loyalty scheme and it's like from a human perspective, there's there's a whole kinds of different challenges that you can kind of design for and, and consider in that and how people earn points and all these types of things and you know, t do research and talk to people about it. And then I had this moment where like, I took a step back from the day to day work of that project, which was very, very kind of granular and in the detail. And I was like, hang on a minute, we're we're incentivizing people to take long haul flights mm. and like and i was like right yes we're taking a human-centric approach to design and this is what we sold to a client and this is great and but i said like, well, hang on a minute wait, is this something and it was it's also a weird com conflict in my head because i was like as a human as an individual this isn't something i'm comfortable with mm. like i don't know how i feel about that like this isn't this isn't even something we've had a conversation about as a team um because we've just been looking at it in this kind of very granular detail aspect of the project and I was like I want to bring this to everyone's attention but then I don't want to completely derail a project and I don't want you know there's there's so many different things to consider when you have those realizations and that's why I think it is so important moving forward that we take a more I mean it's such a buzzword but like holistic approach mm. to the problems we are solving and like you said looking at it more systemically and being even just as a starting point being way more aware of those unintended consequences that we're having i think it's way too easy for us to just go here's a very set scope of piece of work we're doing we're going to spend six months doing this thing off we go bye see ya um yeah i think it's just about having that awareness to start off with before yeah. anything else which i think is maybe a step that we're still getting to yeah, I love what you said about yeah the unintended consequences, right? I think that's yeah. such a key skill that yeah, we need exactly. to learn, no? Like really, yeah. Um, maybe shifting also, you know, if that helps to shift the human perspective of future humans, you know, like what is it that we're doing yeah. to them? You know, what what is it that we're doing? <laughs> yeah. uh, there are, um, I remember um looking up some exercises and there was this one around let's say about thinking seven generations down the line when doing yeah, ideation yeah. or when doing concepting you know like which connects to some extent to this idea of being good ancestors right um i think yeah this is what we have to be right now we have to we just have to be good yeah, ancestors yeah. It's, it's a really nice stepping stone to get people out of that mindset of they're still thinking from a human perspective like it's not like we're all of a sudden just saying right you can't think about that anymore like we're done but it's still getting people out of that kind of individual here right here right now kind of frame of mind and thinking mm. they're still thinking about future humans which at this stage maybe that's fine but mm. it's a nice way of, of bringing that to the forefront a little bit more yeah and another way of framing that, it's like, because also at LiveWork, we say that we tackle sustainability from a human perspective. And I believe in that yeah. because I do think that us as yeah. humans, like climate crisis was a man-made issue, you know, like, yeah. so yeah. Um, exactly. to some extent, we do have to take responsibility. So we have been... Uh, for a long time, willingly or unwillingly, cause of the problem. And now we cannot back up from taking responsibility. So we do have an impact on the biodiversity, yeah. on the 
natural ecosystem on on the environment but we do have we do have a responsibility because we we have acted on it and now we can reverse it to a certain extent so that's also like when when i think about like taking a human perspective to sustainability that's let's say what i think about and i think about you know how as designers we have to now not design in order to create products that are useful well yes that are useful not but that don't satisfy the short-term need as you were um describing it but that help adopting new behaviors in a comfortable way yeah yeah yeah. but you're you're totally right it's a it's a behavior change exercise Mm. on like the biggest scale like I, i did a project recently where we looked at like how we could uh, encourage people to recycle lateral flow tests mm. and it's like that uh, a lateral flow yes it's a piece of plastic um it's not widely known i mean from the research i did anyway that you could actually recycle it and there's only one piece of a lateral flow test which is that little bit of paper that the, actually shows you a result that sits in a plastic casing that's the only bit of your test that can't be recycled broadly at least in the uk and but people are just throwing away that's so much extra plastic that's being thrown. It's, it's a very specific example, but like as a result of COVID, whatever, that, that is like an additional thing that is happening. And I, we looked at this project of like, okay, we, we could redesign the whole lateral flow, but that, that's, a, that's a different story. But actually the core components of this test can be recycled. So what, what are we going to do about it? And it felt it was a behavior change exercise, but it felt really weird to be approaching it from everything we learn as kind of reframing the recycling as an exercise not because you want to recycle it because you should be recycling it but as like a how can we incentivize people to do this thing and I said are we still talking about getting people to recycle like is this I don't know maybe I'm gonna get ranty about it I don't know but it was (laughs) it was really interesting even just from like the behavior change perspective of like how can we mask this behavior that's super vital in today's society as something more rewarding i think that ultimately like what we want to do is not okay i'm gonna say something really dull but like not aiming at more (laughs) but aiming at better in the sense that yeah exactly like we we shouldn't just stop at consumption for the sake of consumption i I don't know how to say like (laughs) all of those interactions and like there should be another purpose that's what i mean it shouldn't be growth for the sake of growth it shouldn't be consumption for the sake of profit you know it should be like the 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 end purpose should be a livable planet you know that sounds so like (laughs) obvious and 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 and, uh yeah, yeah like if we were able to stir all our uh efforts collectively towards yeah you know this different model and i think in that sense and maybe we're starting a whole other chapter here and we're supposed to like (laughs) conclude in a minute um but you need like designers that on from the smallest scale have this ethics uh somehow to and you need a a macro economic system that also helps you know like in that direction because if the purpose is always 
more consumption and more profit, then I don't think we're ever going to get there because that's the end goal, yeah, you know, exactly. making rich yeah. people richer. In that sense, I think the, the donut economy that talks about a thriving society within a, a, yeah. an environmental ceiling and a social foundation, um, I think that's a really interesting framework, like economic and societal framework to stir towards. Yeah. I think the reason that the shift from thinking from a human perspective, which again drives that thing of like consuming to make money, like just making stuff for the st- sake of making stuff. I think the reason it can feel quite hard, I think it feels quite hard to make that shift from thinking about human centered design to kind of planet, other, whatever you want to call it, centric design, is that it feels like it's coming bottom up. like. It's very rare that, I mean, there's some examples of it, but like it's very rare that from an organisational point of view, it's coming top down. It's the people, it's the mm. doers within an organisation, um, well, I mean, at an organisation level that are kind of pushing this, driving this, all of these different things. But I think that's why it feels hard. There's a lot of weird pushback, but mm. it's just, you've got to keep going. Mm. I mean, I would like to open a whole other set of like topics but i think um i think we should stop here i think this is uh yeah this was a really interesting conversation and uh we threw a bit of like all sorts of thoughts that at least for me have been sitting yes. uh on my lab for a I long hope time it's been useful Alex. <laughs> yeah it was it was it was really nice and uh thanks for sharing yeah. your uh experience and your thoughts been lovely. Yeah. let's do it again <laughs> Yeah, let's do that. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks, Alex.